Alright. Hello everybody and welcome back to Nerds of Legend. I'm Ben. Next to me is Brendan. Today uh, we're going to be uh, missing Joel today because he's had some fatherly duties to attend to. Uh, so it's, we're just going to continue our little talk on uh, some Warhammer 40k. I know it's been a minute. Uh, we're going to keep talking about the Badab Wars with the Astral Claws and the Mantis Warriors and all that fun stuff. And I think there was a little bit of lull in the fighting in, in around, what, was it 910? Millennium, I can't remember what millennium it would have been in. Yeah, know. yeah. So um, <laughs> Joel, Joel's doing his best to prevent another horse heresy by being a good dad. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, uh, the opposite of Big E. Yes, yes. That all took place in like around the 30th millennium. Whenever you see a lot of uh, 40k related content, they always um, their timeline is always like 941.m41, yeah. which is the 941st year of the 41st millennium. So whenever you read the books or you are in White Dwarf or, or on a website or whatever, and you're like, "What does that mean?" Um, that's the um, that's the Imperium. Um, chronology system yeah and then they, they often um they call latin uh high gothic yeah it's apparently everybody speaks latin and yes in the 41st millennium or uh, or butchered versions of it and then yeah. the the gw defense is oh it's been a long time so the language has been corrupted yeah. <laughs> which is a great way of saying we can make stuff up yeah exactly like latin. yeah in fact um the explanations you may have remembered from last episode that the first references to the Bat of War come from the late 80s in White Dwarf magazine. Uh, specifically, White Dwarf issue 101, I believe it was like December of 88. That was the one we were looking at all the old like armor. Um... The the armor schemes of, yeah. the, of the various chapters. Yeah. It was like before the legions were established, essentially. Yeah, it, it was from Index Astartes, which was like their monthly issues about, at the time, errata um, about the chapters. And so what you end up seeing is they they like to use this phrase. Um, and, all right, so in Roman times, if you really, really pissed off the Caesar, um, they wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't just die physically. They, they had a death of memory. Mm -hmm. They would chisel your name off of statues. They would remove your name from edicts and, yeah. and from history. Uh, they, they try to erase you from memory. And so, of course, because we're copying everything that is Roman in 40K, there's a thing called this Edict of Obliteration, uh, where the Imperium does the same thing. And so the in-story reason for why there's all this retconning from uh, um, magazine articles in the late 80s to like 2010 when they did the Imperial Armor issue about the Bat of War, is, oh, there's an Edict of Obliteration in the whole thing. Hmm. Um, you know, the, the Astral Claws and, 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 and the Mantis Warriors and the uh, Lamenters, all this stuff. Oh, there's an Edict of Obliteration, and we just found all this new stuff. So um, you'll, you'll very often see a lot of tongue-in-cheek um, Band-Aids related to the entropy of publishing. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is our podcast, dang it, so I can talk about it, but... Uh, if we talk about Battletech, for example, and you bring mm -hmm. up the first books of the Clan Evasion that are printed in like 1990, um, the reprints are markedly different, and there's typos and all sorts of stuff. And, and their in-game thing is Comstar, which is just like religious AT&T with guns, mm -hmm. or like they they run all of the communications. They're like, oh hey, this Comstar acolyte was terrible at his job; he was new, and we found some more accurate stuff. Or hey. Um, the Wolf's Dragoons had Wolfnet and they had hackers that got more accurate information. And so that's the same thing. It's like, oh, hey, we'll, we'll explain away uh, retconning and, and publishing mistakes, which nothing is story, here. In story hand waving. Well, I yeah. mean, like they just had their in-house writing team that was just shitting out as much content as possible. And you, who knows how much beer and cocaine they were consuming. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is right around the time uh, Warhammer 40K has been out, I think, for a year and a half to two years. It's getting big. Uh, you still have squats. You, uh, you still have the Eldar. You, um, I mean, these guys essentially started in their garage and were playing with beer cans as terrain, and then all of a sudden they like blew the fuck up. So they're like, "Huh? Yes, quick, yeah, give, give the people more." This game is so new. The um, the Land Raider and the Rhino are just coming out. Mm -hmm. There's there's no Predator tank yet. Um, in fact, the first uh, Imperial tank in White Dwarf magazine is a converted. 
um, deodorant stick. Oh. And it's. I was gonna. Famous- I was gonna assume tissue box, but that works too. Yeah, well, I, well, a lot of orc trucks are custom made, but like the first Imperial tank is a deodorant stick. You'll see a lot of references to it in game from fans. There's a 3D printed model of like a, it's like a deodorant stick with like the Imperial uh, Aquila on it and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So um, <laughs> we're, we're still very much in the infancy of the game, uh, which is why you have the Bad of War, um, the Lost and the Damned, um, the Chaos source books are published in two parts. We, we talked about this earlier in the Origins of 40K. Uh, it's very, very early in the game. The The premier enemy in the stories is re- Chaos is referenced, but the premier enemy in terms of miniatures being sold, mm-hmm. Orcs and Eldar. Um, Nids are still... Nids are huge in the 90s. All their minis that come out in the 90s are really high. Right now, it's basically... Uh, the Orcs have a huge box set along with um, multi-post Space Marines and Guard. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the Bat of War is... Um, it, it doesn't predate the Horus Heresy. The Horus Heresy is just mentioned in small whispers. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time you see any effort uh, put forth about it, like an Imperium versus Imperium conflagration. And that's why there's so much importance put on it initially. Yeah, and because they had really... to come up with a reason why people would, why Space Marines would be fighting each other. <laughs> you know, precisely. Like, I was like, oh, no. we have too many people with Space Marine armies and not enough anything else. So we need to come up with a reason why these armies would fight <laughs> yeah yeah we got a store in nottingham it's full of 12 year olds their parents are giving them money to buy minis they all want space marines they're always playing each other every week what what can we do to keep this going mm-hmm. and um so we're, we're at the point in the story the maelstrom uh is in this full-blown uh rebellion civil war um, the chapter is initially tasked with guarding the maelstrom, the maelstrom warders, right? This naturally occurring war phenomenon. Yeah. I have been in rebellion now for um, uh, pushing two years. Yeah. And by this point, uh, the fire angels have so many casualties and they have discussed with the space sharks, the Kakardons. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's some uh, misgivings and there's some um, grumbling between the chapters and they withdraw from the campaign. However, because of their losses and because they've fought on the Loyalist side, um, they are not deemed, uh, tr- you know, excommunicate tourists or anything like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're like, we can't, we can't take any more losses. We're, we're going to go home right, for right, a while. Right. <laughs> yeah, we discussed this in the previous episode. There's a general pervasive distrust of the Inquisition by Space Marine chapters. Yeah. And if you think it's the same reason why, like in a modern context, why Putin does not want. So this, this is pre- in Russia, because if, if you get people the power to remove you from office, you need, you want to limit their numbers, right? This is yeah. pre heresy. I didn't realize the inquisition was, as, was a big deal yet. So the bad war takes place in the first millennium. So oh, I thought it was the, 30th millennium and the storyline chronologically it's, it's in the 41st millennium. Oh, so it's after huh. in the storyline, the Horus Heresy. In terms of real life, it happens before the Horus Heresy, the Horus, <laughs> the Horus, well, the Horus is mentioned in the in Rogue Trader. It's mm-hmm. mentioned in the rule book, but it's a couple of senses. Yeah, uh, Horus Lupacal, Lupacal, the Luna Wolves, uh, Istvan. So there are so you do have all these disparate chapters that are like doing their own thing and stuff, right? At this point, because it's post heresy yes however mm-hmm. because it's infancy of the game all of the stuff that we know and love about the heresy it it's effectively a much better done series of prequel movies yeah we're talking about like star wars as a comparison yeah, yeah. um yeah episode one doesn't exist yet basically bad wars hit the notes that they wanted to hit is like their trial run for Horus heresy yes so basically the bad war walked so that the horse heresy could run yeah they take the notes from this there's a lot of similarities chapter versus chapter um the road to hell is paved with good intentions so there's well-meaning reasons for um the astral clause you know complaining about not getting enough resources and the imperial tithe being too heavy on them as they're trying to protect the shipping lanes yeah good intentions leading to catastrophe you sort of see this here but yeah chronologically in the story it actually takes place in the four first millennium now as we know now there's primaris and katie is blown up and yeah. uh you know the eye of terror cuts the universe in half and all this stuff isn't even thought of yet mm-hmm. 
So the maelstrom is still just the maelstrom. It's not the eye of terror yet. <laughs> Correct. Well, yeah. So the maelstrom is a naturally occurring warp phenomenon. Um, so I, just, I just kept thinking that's like the eye of terror before Katie blew up. Is that not the case? Well, see, the thing with the eye of terror is the eye. Of, the eye of terror is not naturally occurring. So mm-hmm. the eye of terror was was you know its genesis occurred chaos you know forces being made yeah. resulted in it okay right so fall of the eldar slanesh yeah stuff happens uh the i the maelstrom in comparison just just is there okay um from a from a narrative perspective it's a great MacGuffin. it's a great way to say oh hey monsters are here we need yeah. space space knights we need space yeah knights. here be monsters um, here be monsters. It also explains why like travel is difficult and why it takes time for things to get places. No season eight here. We're not going to teleport people all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, get them to where they need to be. So yeah, um, there's a relative standstill because the fire angels have withdrawn. The Karkardons, uh, as early as this period in, in the game's life, are known to be exceptionally bloodthirsty. Uh, this is why when they're reborn, as the space sharks, there's still this very, very strong contingent of super fans that love the space sharks. Yeah, um, Ryan's one of them. Yes, yes, they're basically Maori in space. Yeah, they're, they're Pacific Islanders. They, they they have ceremonial tattooing and, and shark teeth iconography, and um, they're not like flesh terrors. They're they're not like um, minotaurs where they're cruel for cruelty's sake or anything. Their their methods of combat are considered barbaric and, and extreme yeah and uh they eat people it's okay it's okay mm-hmm. it's okay this is grimdark this is what we're used to yeah so yeah there's there's periods of engagements um the salamanders which we know um later on to be one of the first founding chapters are actually introduced to players and to the game uh, in the battle war so the salamanders and the minotaurs are loyalist chapters and um, they have a successful lightning raid and they recover um, Space Marine Gene Seed that was stolen by Astro Claws Apothecaries. Hmm. Um, again, there's another similarity here to, to the clans in Battletech. As you may or may not know, Space Marines are created by implanting the Gene Seed, the genetic information of a Primarch into an individual. It, changes them there's rapid physiological change that takes you know, as takes well as time. a bunch of or- other organs organs are grown there's a chance that you could die from the process um the gene seeds are are removed by apothecaries uh and as, preserved as, as often as possible as, as can be possible in a combat situation uh from fallen marines to preserve them for the next generation the progenoid glands yeah um you also don't want them falling in the wrong hands Mm. Uh, as a as a as a lifelong fan of the Blood Angels, you find out that like Fabius Bile is trying to get Sanguinius's blood, and he's able to like make clones and all this stuff. If it, you need to keep your genetic information on lock, because mm-hmm. if you don't, traitor chapters, gene stealers. If you don't, you- Fabius Bile comes up and goes swiggity swiggity. I'm gonna clone yeah. that booty. Yeah, yeah. Plays chemistry set, or the yeah. tyranids start having hybrids, and you don't want you don't want that. Yeah. If if the crew won't eat you, <laughs> that's a that's a really. Nice. I didn't know. I would I would think that would be something that they would want, but maybe if it's... the crew won't eat chaos, and if they won't eat gene stealers and, and yeah. that sort of thing, it's you know, don't play it. Don't play it. Yeah. And um, so what ends up happening is you find out that the Astro Claws apothecaries have been harvesting the gene seed of their fallen enemies mm-hmm. and there's, to, there's to pump up their numbers essentially there's a, there's a hint here that the astro claws may or may not have been cooking their books again history is written by the victor mm-hmm. uh it's very very you know common knowledge under under the table knowledge that the black templars flout the um codex astartes and you know they cook their books so that they can go on crusades but guess what they're so good at it we're gonna look the other way Mm. And uh, let's not get started with Krieg. And they haven't fallen to chaos yet, so we'll just... <laughs> right, exactly. If they don't fall to chaos and they have the numbers to wage war, we're not going to complain. Um, so, yeah, you see, you see the sprinklings here of the Astro Claws started as dissidents, started as discontented. Um, they're starting to commit some heretical actions here. And throughout this... Um, this uh, We're in year 9-11 of the 41st millennium. Um, there's... 
multiple battles. There's so many, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to put you to sleep reading them. Uh, but uh, Nova Marines are, are, are engaging. Karkardons and Fire uh, fire Angels fight the Mantis Warriors. Um, a, a lot of these ref are references from the novels and books. So if you've read the books, you'll know particular names, like the Astral Claws lose uh, Dreadnought Voral. And, you know, it, it can yeah. get very, very... Um, Asinine. When does Lufthuron get shot in the face? Are we there yet? Yes, we are. Oh. Yeah. The Palace of Thorns. Yeah. Um, so uh, the the uh, certain chapters essentially are losing numbers to the point where they start pulling out of the engagement. Um, the Lamenters very famously are nearly driven to extinction. In yeah. fact, their numbers are so bad by the end of the war um, that eventually the Inquisition goes, you know what, we'll put you on a penitent crusade. Uh, I believe it's for a century. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe it's, a, yeah. a penitent crusade. And they're like, you know what? You joined this. You consider the Astro Claws to be loyalist Marines. And, and in fact, remember, the Inquisition punished the, uh, the local administrative government and held them responsible for causing this whole thing in the first place. Yeah, because they were be the ones being greedy and pissed off the Astro Claws in the first place, right? Precisely, yeah. So they're like, you know what? The local administrative government w were in the wrong. You were defending what you thought were your fellow brothers. You were pulled in a conflagration. Your numbers have been so uh, adversely affected by this war. Just go kill kill enemies in the emperor's name and... and Basically, basically one of the few times the Inquisition's ever like, you know what? Like, was ever like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> hands off. We're gonna yeah. hands off. Yeah. Um, the first, yeah. one of the few times they're ever like, acted the right way, I would say. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you, if you want to read more into how they can uh, trip on their own feet, there's always the Celestial Lions. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always the Space Wolves, Grey Knights War. You know, it's like if you want to read about how the Inquisition can can make things worse. Uh, so yeah, um, they're 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 uh, secession, secessionist chapters from the Maelstrom have been pulling out. The Astro Claws end up discovering that they're essentially the last ones left. Mm -hmm. um, they have this uh, nine impregnable stronghold called the Palace of Thorns, and of course, it is on bad of itself. Um, the Star Phantoms chapter having uh, large amounts of numbers at this point. Uh, are primarily the ones that lay siege to the planet. Um, it's almost impregnable to ground assault. So what the Star Phantoms do is they assault the palace directly with drop pods. Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe that... And stupid the, numbers of them probably get shot out of the air. Yeah, and, thun and Thunderhawks. Now, again, um, this is taken from the 20, 2010 articles and, and later documentation. The specificity of how this um, these battles occurred is going to be much simpler in the 80s. In fact, mm -hmm. it's probably a lot of these battles won't even be touched upon. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, everything's all retconned and all pretty. And so they, they assault the drop pods at Thunderhawks. Um, 500 Space Marines from seven companies survive initial entry. That's actually, remember, Not most, bad. Chapters, most chapters have, what, like a, like a thousand and yeah. ten companies? Yeah. So seven full companies of Marines make it. Uh, that's a good landing. Yeah. Bitter struggle erupts between the Astro Claws and the Star Phantoms as they vie for control of the palace. Um, of course, there's, you know, orbital defenses. The Astro Claws drag out the siege. So they, you know, they, they have intricate assaults. They understand the land and this is home uh, turf for them. Yeah. They push back the Star Phantoms for a time. Um, assault squads on both sides decide to drop their, their jump packs and it starts to become a battle of attrition. Hundreds of Space Marines, Loyalists, and Renegade are slaughtered as a battling through the Palace of Thorns. You, the, the language here, you, you, you can think of Istvan, you can think of um, the Thousand Suns and the Space Wolves. You're, you, you're getting, you're getting, no, if this is War of Wine, you're getting, you're getting notes of Horus Heresy here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, bombs are used by the Star Phantoms and, and demolition charges, and they infiltrate through the sewers before they finally reach the defense batteries. They're that are, you know, keeping more ships from landing. Mm -hmm. The guns are finally silenced, and legions of Ordo Hereticus stormtroopers join the offensive. The Inquisition has entered the chat. So uh -oh. we have in Inquisition on, you know, boots on the ground. If you've read your novels, or even if you haven't, uh, if the Inquisition comes to visit you, you are in trouble. Prepare uh, for fact, fire. Lots of yes. it. Yes, yes, lots of fire. In fact, 
if they had a problem with you, they probably would have just sent an Imperial assassin and you wouldn't know and you'd be dead. Yeah. So if they're, if they're sending troops, they want to glass what, you know, whatever memory there is of you. Yeah. The plan. The Astro Claws are thrown into full retreat. Captain Androcles of the Star Phantoms confronts Huron, ambushes him as the traitors are fleeing. Uh, he fired, He has a combo weapon, so he has a, a bolter, Melta, I believe. He mm -hmm. injures Huron, and the remaining Astro Claws flee. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they manage to delay their attackers in this final battle by laying booby traps. 200 Astro Claws escape into the Maelstrom, the naturally occurring warp entity. So... I'm glad I'm glad you uh, you referenced it earlier, Ben, because it's going to have a uh, narrative importance. Mm -hmm. um, Huron himself also escapes into the maelstrom. The Astro Claws rebellion is found after getting down. shot in the face. Yes, yes, he is hor <laughs> horribly scarred and burned. Yeah. The uh, because the Astro Claws are essentially driven out of reality, mm -hmm. much le much less out of out of the maelstrom system. Um, Chaos time, baby. Chaos time. So the Mantis Warriors, Executioners, and the Lamenters actually give terms of surrender. Uh, they are all shown mercy on the conditions of penitent crusades. Uh, the Inquisition now has a nice little scapegoat. Um, the Astro Claws have removed themselves from the situation and, so they can be blamed for it. And a penitence crusade, that is basically like you have to go fight some impossible enemy for a hundred years and in that time you're not allowed to replenish your numbers is that it so good question yeah the specificity of a penitent crusade yeah it's essentially you're earning your valor back yeah so, so you're not allowed to rebuild your chapter until you complete this penitence crusade in which time you're not allowed to like add back to your numbers or whatever right yeah so you can't take advantage of imperial tithes mm -hmm. you can't you can't get um you can't draw muster new numbers from um if you're if you're a primary chapter like if you were the blood angels or dark angels or something they can call on their successor chapters and recall marines mm -hmm. back to the fold so mm -hmm. if you were a primary chapter, like a founding chapter, and, and you were put on a penitence crusade, you could not recall yeah. your uh, your successor chapters. So um, yeah, if you have any successors, you can't recall them. Um, you can't um, you can't uh, ask the Imperium to send you more acolytes. Yeah, most most chapters actually draw recruitment from planets near nearby their system. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the Dark Angels with the Rock, you know they they have to get numbers from where they from where they are and, mm -hmm. and that sort of it varies from chapter to chapter um again with the advent of primaris a lot of chapters that were driven to near extinction like sites of the emperor are suddenly replenished with primaris yeah so um like blood angels were almost decimated on ball like, yeah so the, the, the blood angels were called all, all their successors but in terms of um imperial fists um we're down to one guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in, in terms of like chapters that have been rejuvenated or chapters that were driven to near extinction uh bells are called sends out um massed amounts of primaris marine so it, it varies like you know if you need numbers and you can't get them we'll get yeah. them to you except if you're on a penitent crusade uh you we're gonna take the ladder out you need to get out of the pool yourself and uh you wouldn't be here if you didn't get put into a penitent crusade mm -hmm. but um considering what happens these are marines this is their you know their life is combat and they're like you know what we weren't driven into a naturally occurring warp entity and going into a hellish landscape for all eternity so it, it's a good deal yeah. it's a good deal now the reason why this is important is because at, at, at this point in the game, when you first see Chaos Renegade miniatures come out, mm -hmm. they're the most, the sculpts are the most interesting, in my opinion, of 40k at the period, because they're so markedly different. Spiky Marines. Game, you have spiky Marines, <laughs> you have Marines with tentacle arms, you have Marines um, with fly heads and fly wings, and you have Marines that look like Xenomorphs from Alien, and you have Marines with, like, studded studded nipples and and like a, a peck and a breast mm -hmm. if you were slanish and you have like <laughs> like, like he, high heels and just like absurd uh yeah. acid, acid punk just like all over the yes, place yes it, it's very trippy um again we mentioned this before this is when you're getting uh metal records yeah in your in, in the issue of white dwarf this it's, it's very metal so 
you don't exactly have like plastic sprues of chaos renegades yet they're all they're all very unique and very different you don't start hearing of like named um chaos legions because remember the horse heresy hasn't really been fleshed out yet so mm -hmm. um death guard emperor's children world eaters word bearers night lords all that stuff you see it's infancy or name rec recognition yeah in the source books that are coming out like at the same time yeah you don't have you don't have boxes of these marines yet. you don't have like the cool death guard box in second ed you yeah. don't have like the corn berserkers yeah. monopose monopose guys yet or anything like that so this is very important because this results in the astro claws becoming the red corsairs mm -hmm. so this is one of the first examples of, of named renegade marines uh in the game luftheron um becomes corrupted by chaos and he survives his getting shot in the face. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so his disfigurement and near death. Um, I, I, it's been a while since I've read the book. I believe he pledges to chaos. Um, he's scorned and, and his previous, you know, he's turned his previous masters and it's cost him everything. Um, so yeah, they're full on chaos renegades at this point and they persist in the storyline to harass, harangue, and be a general thorn in the side of the Imperium. Yeah, I believe because they remember, basically set up a chaos like shipyard in the Maelstrom. Like they they get like Dark Mechanicum to help them build ships. I believe. Yeah, and the the Dark Mechanicum and the uh, and, you know the idea of um, Vashtor, the Archifane, and everything mm -hmm. that we have now. Yeah. Again, you see all these ideas that are fleshed out recently in the past. I'd say since 2016, 2017. Mm -hmm. You see all the little glint in the eye of gw going yeah. back quite quite some time um for those of us that grew up through grade school and high school and college uh with no present primarchs in the 41st millennium it's crazy to think today what's going on when this is all we had yeah i was like 21 22 the, reading, the, reading photocopies the primarchs were like lore docs you know like yeah. you didn't have models of them you know or yeah, yeah, you didn't have models, or if you were lucky, you know, you were you were around. You had money when the 30k Horus Heresy versions came out from uh, from Forge World, didn't it? So yeah, it's yeah, you had at best 30k versions. We're yeah. finally starting to see this stuff come out. Uh, so yeah, at the at the at the end of this engagement, the Astral Claws are essentially destroyed as an imperial entity. Uh, you had the Mets warriors and and. Um, executioners and and the lamenters on penitent crusades from a hobbyist perspective the value of this engagement is huge in terms of a blood angel fan the lamenters are a huge fan favorite because they have gone through so much tribulation in their times of chapter and yet still persist um the salamanders are a huge name Carcardons are like are kind of a cult classic um, so there are certain uh, howling griffins there, there are mentions of chapters mm -hmm. in the battle wars that are far more popular after than during yeah and uh firehawks there, there's all these whispers that i i think are, like, become the legion of the damned who are this loyalist chapter that come out of uh, the eye of terror or they randomly appear and disappear and they're yeah they uh really they're like ghost marines that just like show up on battlefields spectral. just like they're like spectral and on fire and skulls everywhere and they'll just like show up and like kill everything like when like you'll have like a imperial guard regiment that's like pinned down like overwhelmingly like dying and then all of a sudden some like an imperial guard will like pray to the emperor all of a sudden these like spectral marines show up out of nowhere kill everything and disappear <laughs> without a word <laughs> yeah yeah it's sort of like um it's sort of like the idea of the sanguinor but it, mm -hmm. it applies to anyone who's faithful to it's them. very like wild hunt sort of yeah 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 that's a that's an apt comparison um, for for those who listened in on the origins of 40k, we, we, we made some general mentions towards the idea of warp space versus real space, mm -hmm. where um, psycher energy belief itself can manifest entities, right? Yeah. So orcs have enough wog, they have enough belief in something and actually can become true. Yeah. And it's dangerous because they don't have any tact or temperance or restraint. Yeah. And um, you get enough orcs together saying 
I'm a take, I'm a take, I'm a take, and all of a sudden, like bullets start bouncing off of them. You start seeing, you start seeing tread marks in the yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, the elder have enough avarice and vice and excess and, and debauchery for thousands of years, and Slanish literally comes into being. Yeah. And so or my favorite one, an Imperial Guard regiment runs out of bullets while fighting an orc army, and then the the commissar just goes bang. And then an orc falls dead, and they just start going bang, 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 <laughs> until the tank shows up. If you think that's ridiculous, dear viewer, remember that there are examples of them visiting, like plant, like the planet Kylie Minogue, and you know, there's all these, there's all these pop culture references and absurdities in both Warhammer Fantasy Battle and 40k. Yeah. The origins of this, like, yeah, the box says it's grimdark. The origins of the game and its hobbyists, the it's slapstick. Game, very satirical please please do not consider this to be serious if you have any fans who are of the Imperium um, you better wink and better expect to wink back because that's how how this should be taken yes uh, under no circumstances like this is my IP this is the one I grew up with if I had to pick one on a deserted island it would be 40k if you were to ask me at any point would I ever want to be in this universe I it would probably be safer just to, to have a quick painless death because yeah. it is awful and um, with that said, the, the dangers of, of uh, the warp and the dangers of, of psycho energy of, of thought in this universe, it goes both ways. Saints, uh, Saint Celestine, the living saint, mm -hmm. Sanguinor, um, manifestations of, of, of big E's uh, uh, psycho entity can actually appear. Mm -hmm. You know, the... the um, Guild, uh, or sorry, not guild navigators, but you know, imperial navigators when they're trying to to follow the emperor's light home to, to holy terra, psycho energy can manifest for good. Mm -hmm. um, it's not nearly as Lionel great. Johnson can tree stride to like imperial planets that are like at most have, in have, peril in his area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in, in case you haven't read the the new books, Lionel Johnson can essentially forest walk yeah. wherever he needs to go now. Yeah. So. In, in, in express circumstances, belief can render good consequences in 40K. Mm -hmm. You have to look harder to find it, um, but it's mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can see the uh, the ideas that are in the Bat of War. Um, some of them take root and take and take off and are used to great effect later on in the story. This is, uh, this is I, I think, in terms in context of actual time, AD, right? It was uh, very successful in, I think, 1988 mm -hmm. for getting people to well, buy more space marines and paint them up and give them, uh, you know, reason to face each other. With, you know, if they mm -hmm. if you just were 13 and had loyalist troops and everything, um, it's a great lead in to when they start selling the box set of plastic multi-pose marines where mm -hmm. you can articulate off the sprue and everything. And then you end up getting the Milton Bradley crossover. I think it's Space Crusade. Uh, which is both you can paint them as miniatures, but it's also like a self-contained board game. Yeah. And once you, once you, once you see uh, advertisements on on TV and uh, I mean, in comic books, I would argue all, like the game we talked about the other day, uh, Rumble Slam. Like that's like so much like 40k iconography throughout that, or at least fantasy. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you think of Rumble Slam with you know that great game that that we that um, Ben got. Yeah. Uh, and we try demoed at Gen Con. Uh, that is take fantasy and mix it professional wrestling. I mean, yeah. And you know, Battle Bowl or Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl is American football parodied from you know from the British perspective with fantasy races, and that has more or less existed. The rules have changed, I think, three times since. Mm -hmm. Was more or less existed since '88. The Chaos Cup, it's a, it's, there are major tournaments for Blood Bowl, and that's in Chicago every year. I grew up in high school seeing the Chaos Cup in the Chicagoland Games Workshop Battle Bunker. It is still contested for every year in Chicago. Uh, the NAF is the ruling body that actually maintains your score in events for Blood Bowl. Uh, I would love to demo a game with Ben sometime. We could even, I know. I need, to, I need to play it. It sounds so much fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, could, we could potentially do it on stream because I do have the tables. We also, have, um, we also have Rumble Slam once I paint those guys up. Rumble Slam, where you, you do get to paint the wrestlers and everything. So um, uh, a lot of the ideas that were born of the 80s wackiness 
persist today. Uh, 40K was, it was, it, it looked like Bucky O'Hare. It, it, it was very over the top, heavy metal, like not just the music, but the magazine, just excessive 2080 Judge Dredd style uh, drawing art. You, you had the immortal John Blanche starting out with illustrations at this time. Jez Goodwin is moving over from Elves and Skaven and he starts cutting his teeth, you know, in 40K design mm-hmm. with the Marines and everything. Um, a lot of brilliant, uh, relatively young minds are uh, are taking off with the hobby at this point. 80s into the 90s. By the 90s, it's the golden age. You've got video games. You've got commercials. Um, nails are painted red. Colors are extreme. Bases are always goblin green with some dry brush yellow. And Games Workshop is in the money. So that starts really with, with um, 40K picking up speed here in the late 80s. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... Is that pretty much the end of the Badab Wars? With ends with uh, the Astral Claws fleeing into the Maelstrom and becoming the Red Corsairs, or not? Not only that, but um, the the big thing is you start seeing the Maelstrom sort of become secondary to the to the Eye of Terror. Mm-hmm. So the idea of the Maelstrom of this dangerous warp entity with monsters that could come out of it and mm-hmm. enemies fleeing into it, that idea is really picked up by the Eye of Terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abbott and the spoiler and everything and the 13th crusade and the destruction of Cadia all is born from this and this event, you know, this one in the story takes place after, mm-hmm. um, chronologically in our time, mm-hmm. it walked so that we could run. Uh, so yeah. Um, in terms of story, the big one is the astral claws become the red corsairs. Um, cause remember, cause remember in, in, in this, the salamanders are, Oh, Hey, these guys are new. These salamander guys. Yeah. It's been, it's retcon that they're one of the, you know, yeah well i I mean we counted how many of those were like little chapters that then are now like in the 90s became like the official like 19 legions or whatever like yeah yeah so the the big one is salamanders they they get if you think about it as like sports rankings they they get a huge boost well Um, blood angels were a chapter i think that we saw imperial fists um there were a bunch that were in that that article you pulled up that were like or that white dwarf that were like oh these are just possible chapters you can paint yeah and then, yeah um camel patterns you see you see a lot of camel patterns prevalent in space marines because they're nowadays they're they're um depicted as having organs that can spit acid having multiple hearts being nigh immortal mm-hmm. and um they're so big and, and uh transhuman physiology yeah. Yeah. they move faster than our eyes normally comprehend people yeah. to move and so like you see guardsmen actually get scared and fear of space marines because it's just unnatural how effective because all of a sudden there's like a nine foot tall thing dude like standing right next to you or whatever like you can run run faster than you jump higher than you is smarter yeah than you. yeah because yeah. you're and, just like firing away all of a sudden there's this dude just appears and he's right, right there <laughs> and uh and in the late 80s they're as tall as a guardsman they look the same yeah and they just have camel paint so they don't get seen it's yeah. a very different mentality. And yeah, um, I showed off the uh, the liner of the Rogue Trader, the first edition rulebook. Um, I think four of the founding chapters, three of them are become successor chapters to the Blood Angels. So yeah. Blood Drinkers, Flesh Terrors, um, these end up just getting put under Blood Angels. The mm-hmm. Lamenters get under Blood Angels. Crimson Fists are in this. Are, yeah. uh, the Crimson Fists are on... Are on, are on the cover, right? Yeah. The, you know, we're the poster boys, actually, of 40K in yeah. the beginning. And then they get derelegated to being a successor chapter of the Imperial Fists. Fucking the, blueberries. <laughs> the, the Space Wolves logo uh, gets gets a makeover. It's a little simplistic at this time. Yeah. The, the Dark Angels, are their armor is black, like the Black Templars. It's it's retconned that those are the Fallen. Yeah. And, and then they, they become the color green, green, so green and bone. Yeah, so we're seeing a lot of first drafts here. It, it, I'm a big Seinfeld guy. You watch season one, it's very markedly different from the later seasons. This is season one of 40K. You see some stuff that's experimental, stuff that's working, stuff that isn't. Uh, it, it's cool to see the origins of the thought processes behind where they'd eventually go with this. Mm-hmm. I'm big on Epic 40K, and before Jess Goodwin designed the Falcon Grav Tank, they look like wedges of cheese. 
they're like they're like pizza slices you know they're mm-hmm. like triangular yeah and the wave serpent the apcs for the eldar they they look like um like snails almost <laughs> you know there's just like there are all these weird designs um the the squats get mole mortars where instead of shooting it around into the air it shoots around underground and it burrows up uh. <laughs> yeah they got they got chopper motorcycles where like the 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 drive shaft on the motorcycle is longer than the body yeah and um there's obvious nod to jawas where they have uh leviathans they have like land trains mm-hmm. and you can have like six cars or five six cars on them and have like this train of squats with guns on the table and epic and so all this all this kooky stuff is getting thrown around you have uh, the salon our little frogs they're later turned into giant floating psychic ones, but they're just like little frogs in the 80s. You have um, Zotes, who are like space centaurs that serve the Tyranids. Yeah, space that, centaur giraffe things. Like, I don't those, even... Those got, uh, those got written out, right, after a while. Yeah. So just all, all sorts of experimental stuff that, if you're lucky to find on eBay, you're like, $40? It's a little hot of lead. I would well, also say, like, the Tyranids' early designs were almost more, like, lizardy, like, reptilian and like now, and the, and and then in recent, like obviously not recent, but like in the nineties, they became they morphed into like being bugs. And everybody calls them bugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my favorite porn uh, blood letters mm-hmm. are the first ones. They like, you know, now they've got musculature and spikes and flaming swords and mm-hmm. they got the long thumbs and everything. The original blood letters. They just looked like demons. They were impish. Their yeah. their physiology was abnormally, abnormally lengthened. They looked like demonic versions of Mister Fantastic. They had like bendy arms and everything, and they were like sulking on the ground. And they were all they looked shifty and, and terrifying. They looked stuff in nightmares. And um, the the concept of drawing to sculpting to casting is yes, it takes more time. Like it's easier now to do a CAD design and, and then automatically make a program to make it into individual pieces and print yeah. out spru- millions of sprues. But the idea of drawing, having a, a, a concept picture, mm-hmm. taking copper wire and putting mellow putt and green stuff over it, yeah, sh- sharpening it with tools, spritzing it with water, sharpening it with tools again, making a, a plaster cast, casting it. It may take more time to design, but the the heart in it and, and the, the development of like seeing its development from, from idea onto paper into mini you can those there's so much character and so much life in that 80s lead that late 80s lead with this you know with the slottas um the character of this game is what kept it alive in its early years and and, and really drove it along was the passion nowadays you got you know shareholders and, and ip and books and the streaming service mm-hmm. that, that you can rest your laurels on but when you're hungry and and when, when you want to bring fans in um the passion behind this game i mean that's what that's what got lifers like me right yeah I mean, I would almost say that this the game currently as it is with 10th is experiencing a little bit of a renaissance as well. I feel like it's never been... Like, I know you said the 90s was the height of it, but I feel like it's back. It's coming back again because they've made it easier to get into. And Yeah, I will say in terms of, like, popularity or spirit and whatnot, I'd say 90s. In terms of, like, money, when Dawn of War came out when I was in high school... When they started getting that THQ money from the video games. Yeah. In terms of finances, that's when 40K was through the ceiling. Yeah. Like when they started getting that sweet, sweet video game money and they realized, wait a second, that's the first time they realized the IP was more valuable than trying to sell $300 resin to yeah. single guys with nothing else to do. Right. Yeah. Um, like, oh my gosh, IP. Yeah. And in terms of like at talking about it at school and, and blowing all my lunch money and, and I mean in the UK they had T V commercials. I, I didn't see it as many over here, but um going to going to uh model expos and stuff with my dad, like forty K was this the the second ed monopose marine was everywhere. Habitan USA, um yeah. your local mom pa shop, I, I, I find them on the street. Yeah. So in terms of like the game growth 90s was big, but yeah, 10th Ed is something different. Mm-hmm. There, um, there's this. I've told Ben this in the past. There's this perpetual idea that for some reason Grandma Wendy, right, Games Workshop, mm-hmm. is in it for the fan, yeah. and 
you know you're a true Games Workshop fan when you're cynical of Games Workshop. And, yeah. and you'll you'll see it on Warseer, you'll see it on the online forums all the time. Yeah. They're listening. They're like yeah. all these other competitor The last games. like six months, like I've just seen them just do nothing but like knock it out of the park with these like new the new games, the new like they like they changed tenth for like like I have a buddy, uh Ryan, I've talked about him before. Yeah. He was about to like like hang it up and quit playing at the end of ninth and then all of a sudden tenth happened he's like you know what i want to play again yeah. <laughs> and like there's a ton of people that are like all of a sudden getting back into it uh i don't know what it is maybe it's just like you know, like hey here's this app that you can now build armies and not have to do a bunch of like pens you know pen and paper yeah the, the last time i played 40k i used to like a russian third-party app Mm-hmm. Just to write up my list, mm-hmm. and I knew so many friends who like I like Krieg, but I don't I don't have the money to uh, buy resin. Yeah, right. And so so th- there were so many alternate routes to enjoying a game. Yeah. Now it's like we got the app. We see we see your complaints. All these people are are telling us you know we're we're, we're we have eyes. We're looking at our competitors. Rules are all online. Release day one. Your data cards for units are released day one. Um, there's, I mean, the sculpts, the, the Primar, I remember when the Primars first came out and I'm like, this is just an excuse to retcon the size disparity. And now I can't see a Marine without thinking of a Primaris Marine. Yeah. Like just. The, the, it actually the makes sense now. Yeah. 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 But just the quality of the sculpts and everything, mm-hmm. um, Space Marine was a very, very good game. It. I would say the the multiplayer is what kept me playing that game. The multiplayer yeah. was fun, and Space Marine. We're getting another one. It's finally coming out. It looks gorgeous. Titus somehow survived the Inquisition and Black Templars. <laughs> got older, and still kick, still kicking butt. Have you played uh, Bolt looks, Gun yet? It looks beautiful. Um, I think Sean has. I think okay. my brother has. It's it's very '90s run and gun, very no. Doom style. But yeah, so they, they've got game phone games out. Um, Tacticus, right? They've got yeah. Warhammer Plus is finally taking off. The books <laughs> got to mortgage the house to get the books, right? Mm. There's just so much out, but so much of it is built off of actually listening to the customer. Yeah, I got. I you know they're bringing them. back Epic. They're bringing they're back bringing Fantasy. Bring back Epic. Um, they're it's bringing back Fantasy. They're bringing back Old World. It's technically eight millimeter, but it's still Epic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a box of Leviathan. You got a box of Leviathan. My buddy Tyler got a box. We were able. We were all able to get a box of Leviathan. It was so so hard to get Have a box. Have you opened so, it yet? The, no, it's right over there. <laughs> <laughs> the frame. It's it's right there. It's I know, there. I know. That's why I was I was being like, <laughs> you jerk. Yeah. Um, we we all have our pile of shame. That that would be a good episode. Just going through my pile of shame. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Just, just all right. Here's all the shit that I haven't painted yet, let alone put together. My phone with tears in my eyes. I'll tell you, <laughs> the greatest impetus to complete your minis is the story. Uh, I saw this post on Twitter. It was like the undead have risen over, have risen to take over the surface world. Right. Every unpainted mini you have that's assembled is a zombie. Uh-huh. Every mini you have painted is alive. Mm-hmm. Have you doomed the earth to darkness? <laughs> oh, I don't want to be held responsible for that. I gotta get painting. Somehow it worked sure. for me. That's uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, I mean, me. to be fair, we've been having hot boy summer, so it's like, what? Uh, once winter hits, I'll probably get oh, back to painting, so painting yeah, again. Yeah, and literally, very hot boy summer. Indianapolis was oppressive for Gen Con. Um, oh man, that stink! That grognard stink! Oh man, <laughs> it was real, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. It was very real. There was some, uh, they, there was some ripe whiffs during they Gen Con. They, they used to have on on the pass, like, please bathe yourself. I think they removed it this year because maybe no, they they said it on at the uh, PA at the opening thing. Oh, There's like, remember, uh, two meals a day. Uh, no, they said remember the. Uh, they 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 said I can't remember the the five or the six two one rule or something or six three one rule it was like uh or one two five rule or something 
and it was one shower a day, two meals a day, and five hours of sleep. <laughs> like, Reasonable. Yeah. Like, that's about what I got. <laughs> yeah. That's about how it happened. But yeah. I was like, that's, I was like, Brendan was not lying. <laughs> that's literally, they tell you. I think it, I heard it on the PA a couple times too. It was like, hey, remember, please shower once a day. <laughs> please, for the love of God. So I guess, uh, our next 40k talk mm. if, if 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 you out there have suggestions if you have, if you have stuff where you're like hey i've got a job i've got stuff to do I, I watch your podcast can you explain this and you posit it to us we'll have something for you yeah um, um hit us up so, yeah. on our on any of our socials we're on i think it's nerds of legends at gmail.com um if that bounces back, just take off the S. Because uh, <laughs> I can't remember which one it is right now. Um, other than that, let's see. What do we got? So we've hit Padab Wars. That got us through the 80s. We've done an Orc episode already. We don't need to hit that again. I mean, yeah, we, we can. Covered, we can. Yeah, we covered Rogue Trader and like the origins of like rick Priestley and 40k and mm -hmm. the dice men and um like the first chaos source books we didn't really crack them crack them, crack them open but it was should, a overview should we just do horace heresy just an that's, overview that's definitely a three-parter but yeah um uh we could do horace heresy we could do uh we could just do a just do a legion breakdown we could break or down primark breakdown Primark, I prefer Legion. Um, we could probably start down the line. Out of respect to common decency, I will not start with the Ultramarines. <laughs> we, gotta, we just do one, like start at number one and work our way up. That's fine. Archangels, go sequential, something like right. that. Yeah. Um, um, we could do that. If, if you have preferences, audience, the customer's always right. Uh, so if you say, yeah, it, let's do let's do a Legion slash Primark breakdown starting at number one, and then we'll see how many we can get through in an episode. Yeah. Unless there are enough of you that tell us to do something else. That's the plan. All right. Uh, I think we've kind of run the course of this conversation. So a uh, little bit shorter of an episode. We didn't have as much to cover as I guess we thought we did. But a little good talk. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, Catch us uh, again on Thursday, where we'll be talking about, where we'll be continuing our Dungeons and Dragons uh, uh, campaign. Uh, and then if you follow us on our book talks, uh, check out, Battery we'll low. be covering The Innocent Mage by Karen Miller next week. Uh, all right, everybody, see you on Thursday.